Hi, this is Liz Nord, and you're listening to the No Film School podcast. We all want our films to be seen by as many people as possible. But what if your movie became an entire movement? What if it was not only seen around the world, but used as inspiration and a jumping off point for fascinating discussions and activities by millions of people? This may sound daunting, but it's a reality for Tiffany Schlein and her small team from Let It Ripple Film Studio, who've made and distributed films that have engaged over 50 million people in dialogue with a new model that they developed to start global conversations with screenings and discussions across all continents on the same day with a combination of live and virtual events. Schlein founded the studio building upon her already incredible career. She created the Webby Awards, which have become the leading international honors for websites, has had four films in Sundance, and has been piled with accolades, including being heralded by Newsweek as one of the women shaping the 21st century. In recent years, Schlein has focused on making issue-based short films that serve as the catalyst for these global events that are spearheaded by her studio. To give you a sense of what I mean, I'm going to play a short audio clip from the live-streamed intro of one of these events that just took place last month called 5050 Day, based on her film 5050, Rethinking the Past, Present, and Future of Women in Power. Hello and welcome to the second annual 5050 Day, a global day of film, conversation, action pledges, all about how to get to a more gender-balanced world. All issues, all races, all ages, everyone. We wanna, we wanna bring you all in. Woo! <laughs> and into this global experiment. It's like a movable feast, and there's 35,000 events happening all over the world in over 62 countries. And we're gonna be tapping into them during the day. We're gonna be listening to speakers. We're gonna be commenting on things. We're gonna be showing movies. What else are we gonna be doing? Join us for the whole day. So, how do these events, inspired by her movies, even work? Why would any filmmaker want to do this on top of the already huge task of making a movie? And if you decide to go for it, how can you get started? Find out in this insight-filled conversation with Tiffany Schlein. Hello, welcome to the No Film School podcast. Hello, it's very nice to be here. I'm so excited you're Old here. Old friend. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you said old friend because we are friends and I've been following your career such a long time. I was thinking about that today. Um, what we're really talking about is the sort of movements that have come out of your filmmaking that you've intentionally had come out of your filmmaking. And I remember even way back with The Tribe, which was a short more than 10 years ago, you had this very cool kind of pack of cards and discussion topics and like this physical object that people could use to talk about um, the issues raised in the film and then it's only grown and grown and grown since then into these like it has really grown and and now yeah that was the first film that we did a whole discussion kit for but I think it I mean just to go even back further than the tribe um, when I was growing up going to the movies Every Sunday night was like the one tradition in my life that made it through the divorce. <laughs> and we would go to the movies and then we'd go after dinner, go out for dinner, Chinese food and ice cream afterwards and spend all that time talking about life through the movie. So the movies were this amazing trigger to explore all the big topics in the world. So with your family. Yeah. And I always, you know, but I was never supposed to be a filmmaker, I was supposed to be a doctor. But when I started making films, you know, 
the films to me are really like the appetizer and the discussion you have afterwards is the main course. So mm -hmm. I want to provide you, you know, I want to obviously make the best film I can make to open up all these ideas and questions in yourself. And then I want to provide you with all of these materials that are going to take you further. So I know it's sort of hard to really explain all that you've done, but maybe in a top-level overview, can you give people a sense of what, what that really means, like what you're talking about with your films? Yeah. I mean, after... Well, I got really into... Um, I was interested in technology from a very young age. And um, when I went to UC Berkeley, I, as I said, I was supposed to be a doctor, but I studied... I did this great film film class and film history class, and she had this infectious excitement about how changes in technology changed the way we recorded reality and changed reality. And so when I graduated from UC Berkeley, I kind of went back and forth from working in tech and working in film. Um, but By the way, amazing kind of premonition she had, like she couldn't even have imagined at that time how much tech and film would overlap and intersect and yeah, change. Yeah, she's and, amazing. Wow. She's, I thank her in every one of my films. She was so exciting. And also when I was in high school, I was super, I got one of the first Macs and super nerded out. You know, this is in the 80s before the web. And I wrote this proposal um, with this other student called United uh, Unitas, which stood for Uniting Nations in Telecommunications and Software. And it was all about the idea that personal computers connected all over the world um, to show what connects us. So obviously that was way early idea, but um, it was definitely an obsession of mine in high school. And then so I go to Berkeley and then I um, work in tech to pay for my films. And eventually I, I was working in the CD-ROM industry. I don't know if you remember, but. <laughs> and I was working on the CD-ROM about Sting and somebody said to me, you have to see this thing called a website. And people all over the world are talking about how much they love Sting's music over the web, which had just been invented. And I was like, the web? That's what I was talking about in high school. That's going to change the world. And shortly after that, I had the opportunity to create the Webby Awards. So the Webby Awards you know, honors the world's best websites. They just happened, actually, the 22nd year. But I founded it when I was 26 and spent the first, you know, it was like nearly a decade developing that and honoring pioneers of the web and, and looking at how the web was connecting us and changing the world. Now, granted, when the webby started, there was only like 16 million people online, and now there's half the planet. But at the time, I was very excited about the potential of people being connected through the web. Then the point when I was running the webby is when you could show film on the web. So mm -hmm. YouTube, 2005, I was like, oh my gosh, I can combine my love of filmmaking with my combine of technology, and I am going to start a film studio. I sold the Webby Awards, and I started the Moxie Institute, and the first film was The Tribe. And not only did we make a discussion kit, but we did a lot of experiments using the web to start a conversation around. The, the Tribe was about American Jewish identity told through the history of the Barbie doll. Um, and we used, I think, you know, different online groups to activate conversation. And but so it was like pretty rudimentary at, at that, that point. point. Yeah, it was pretty early on. I'm trying to think, was there Facebook then? It was like, it was very early on. But then after that, I started working on uh, Connected. And Connected was a feature documentary that premiered at Sundance in 2011. 
And I, again, did the discussion kit, and we did more activation with um, people all over the world around the film and the subject of being connected and, um, you know, through all the different aspects you could explore that idea back a long time ago. And then, um, but I think what you're really talking about was my global days of film and discussion, which I've now done um, we're on our fifth year of Character Day, and we did our second year of 50-50 Day. So we've d done nearly seven of these global days where we use a film. So instead of premiering a film at a festival, which we've done, or on television, or however, in movie theaters, we are allowing everyone to premiere the film themselves, and we're going to link together all of the events over the web and have a global Q&A through... Well, at first we did Google Hangout, this year we did Skype, and we put it all on Facebook, so we're uniting all these screenings. So Character Day had over 133,000 screenings that were all showing our movies and then using the films to have these bigger conversations. So for Character Day, it was all about how to develop and grow who you are and all the kind of latest neuroscience and social science around that. And then 50-50 Day was about gender equality. And I should say, or we should say, that, that these days are related to films first and they're not the tribe and they're not connected you've gone on right. to make all these other films right so the films right are the launching point of a global conversation so um yeah so now sometimes I make a film thinking I want this to premiere on the global day I don't even think about it for a festival like that's not what it's for or I don't think about it for anything except to start a conversation and we have discussion kits still printed nothing replaces that tangibility and then we have a lot of online resources too. So for 50-50 day this year, we also added this online pledge tool so you could take all of your ideas into action. And so it's very exciting because we get to keep evolving it every year. We're like, what new technology can we use? How can we push this further? In a lot of ways, it combines, it brings all of that I experimented with with the Webby Awards combined with all that I learned from having lots of films on the film festival circuit and experimenting that way and bringing them together. Um, so it's been really exciting and I feel like I just kind of keep trying to push on the edge of what we can do with film to start a global conversation. So at what point in the film's life cycle do you start to come up with this what would you call it outreach plan? I mean it's bigger than an outreach plan. Uh, yeah well Character Day it started we well a lot of educators and companies have used my films at their so we have a great mailing list I should say just even back from the webbies I mean I have a I've been doing a quarterly newsletter for over 20 years called breakfast at Tiffany's and I have people that have been with me my whole career and so for character we're like we're gonna premiere we made a film called the science of character and we let them know you're gonna get to premiere this film on this date so put it in your calendar sign up and we're going to bring you along for this great experience so you know six months ahead of time and then we're building up towards it. And then the day happens. It's super exciting. There's a big social media campaign. And this year, actually, for 50-50 Day, on our, our global day, we did a live cast. So not only did we have like amazing speakers that people could listen to at their event, or a lot of people had their own speakers at their event. So they show the film. They have a discussion. And then they watch these kind of A-list speakers that we have about the subject. But we also tapped in from live events. So for 50-50 Day, there was events in 62 countries. So we tapped into an event in Kenya, and there was one on the Empire State Building, and one in Los Angeles. And, you know, it was just so, it was so exciting. One in India. So you, you for the first time, we threw the technology, because we had tried to do that before, but it's happening, they're happening in so many different time zones that it was hard for you to get your head around how global it was. But this year, we, by doing like these two to five minute 
feeds into different people's events all over the world, you really got a sense of what we were doing. So, you know, everyone wants to be part of something bigger than themselves. And it was just incredibly exciting. And, and the other thing we were able to do was kind of have speakers be interviewed by people at an event. So like the Sarasota military, this is for 50-50 day, the Sarasota Military Academy, which was a group of students, interviewed through Skype Jada Pinkett Smith, who was at her home in LA. And we got to kind of orchestrate these interviews from people all over the world. It was very exciting. So you're really tapping into that interactivity connectivity yeah but how does it actually work like how does that classroom know they can talk to well, Jada Pinkett-Smith and they're we all... are coordinating that so okay. that, <laughs> there's a lot of orchestration I mean if you sign up it's all free we get funded by foundations and companies so and that was something I learned I just wanted to make it as frictionless as possible because um, for a long time the way that we supported our film studios we would sell our films to universities and screening fees and all that but there was you know, anyways, this other business, and I've also done the other business model where through theaters, we connected when it was in theatrical, or um, when we did our film series, The Future Starts Here, we got an upfront budget. So I've kind of done every different business model, but for the global days, we do it through our 501c3, and we want to make it all free. So if you sign up, so the mechanics of it, like you're an event, and you want to sign up. So it just takes two minutes to sign up. You're like, I'm going to host an event. So there's usually a champion at that company or library or museum or school. And then we give them, you know, information for an invite and a poster and copy for them to send out an email invite. And then we send them the film and they get a free discussion kit and they get all the materials ready. And then they're having, they put all their creativity to their own event. But then on the day they have this event a lot of people, like I mentioned, have their own panels or discussions, and they do them with the discussion kit. And then if they want to listen to our amazing speakers, they can do that too. Wow, I can't even imagine. We'll, we'll get into more about how you actually sort of coordinate it's all of that. It's not for I have a great team, by yeah, the way. I should I'm also, sure. like, I'm saying we because it's like, and it's not a big team. We're a small but hardworking team. And we've been doing so many of these global days that it's really exciting to figure out what worked, what didn't work, and how do you keep making it a better experience. Yeah, I do want to get more into those details, but I actually want to step back into a couple of the other things that you've mentioned, and then we'll, we'll get back to the larger events. Mm-hmm. I'm you know, noticing this thread of, of participation and participatory, mm-hmm. and it seems like that's what, in a way, this is all about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know that filmmakers always think of their work as something participatory, like it might just be a message they want to put out into the world. Yeah. So I'd, I'm curious about your feeling about participatory, and also because I know your work, I know that you've also invited participation in the making of, like yeah, the cloud yeah, filmmaking. So yeah, I'm curious about cloud, yeah. I'm curious about that notion of, of participation. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I think it goes back to what I was saying when I grew up, that films were a way to have the bigger conversations about life. And I certainly, when I see a great movie, if it's a great movie, I have a great discussion afterwards. And you know, that's what I think they're even called movies. They're about moving you, mm. moving you to a new thought or a way, new way of thinking or new empathy or something. So I do think about films that way. I do think they are really ways for you to have to think about ideas in new ways. 
So, I mean, there are certainly films that I've made that have not had all of this participation, like my film series, The Future Starts Here, but uh, I'm really interested, I think, making something collaboratively. So we call these global cloud film premieres. That's what we call them, using the cloud, meaning the web, but I like the word cloud better than web because it's kind of bigger to me. <laughs> um, and then so we did cloud filmmaking, um, we call it cloud filmmaking because we would write a script and do a lot of research, but there'd be several questions in the film that we wanted to ask everyone what they thought about it. So we ask a question, and we've certainly experimented. Some questions were too complicated. We got no answers, like crickets. And then the tighter the question, the more responses we get. There's a lot of experimentation with that. And so people send videos of themselves answering the question, and we integrate it into the movie. So it adds this really visceral element of people filming themselves. And that's only a new technology. So when the iPhone or Android, when you could, when it had that button on the front so you could film yourself, I think that was a huge advancement for filmmakers because, as we all know, when you take a crew in, people get self-conscious. Mm -hmm. I mean, they just are very aware of the apparatus. But when they film themselves, is they're, they're self-conscious in a different way. If they're, But a lot of times I feel like there's this visceral quality that I love when people send me videos. So we call that cloud filmmaking, and a lot of times we'll make a cloud film for a cloud film premiere. Wow, it's very meta. <laughs> yeah. So how many, of, how many films have you put out in the current iteration of this? You, you talked about, well, first you were Tiff initially in The Filmmaker, then you formed Moxie Institute, and now you have this studio called Let It Ripple. Right, which that's is, like our nonprofit, and Moxie's okay. our for-profit. Oh, yeah. got it. Okay. So, and Let It Ripple is the studio that do, does, does the all global these days. big... Yeah. So how many films have you have you made in this kind of iteration? Okay, and then how many of them were cloud films, like where you asked for kind of audience participation? Okay, so through the Moxie Institute, we made Connected, my feature documentary. And the last line of that movie is, for centuries we've been declaring independence. Perhaps it's time to finally declare our interdependence. Mm. So I was giving a talk about Connected, and I talked about that movie, and I was really interested in actually making a film about a declaration of interdependence. And that was our first cloud film. And that kind of launched the whole cloud film series and our nonprofit. So we, we rewrote the Declaration of Independence as a Declaration of Interdependence, a four-minute film. We posted the script on the web. We asked through YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter for people to send us videos, and it was so exciting. Moby did the music. We made this really tight film that people also sent us artwork. And we edited it all together and made this film. And then that, that was our first cloud film. And then after that, we did a film called Brain Power, which is, looks at the neuroscience of early childhood brain development and engage. I'm going to have to count this out. Engage, science of character, fourth, and the adaptable mind, the making of a mensch, 30,000 days. So, and then why I pledge 50-50. We've made eight cloud films. And wow. we've had seven global days. So one year we did two films, one for the Jewish audience, The Making of a Mensch, and The Adaptable Mind. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, and I think I've made, I think it's either, I think it's 28 or 29 films total, and that includes all my shorts. I've only made one feature, but I count every one of my shorts. It like, takes so much out of me. I'm like, that's a film. Even if it's six minutes, it took everything out of me. Or Right. Yeah. 
Right. And for people who don't know your work, um, you know, there's such a wide range of what a short could mean, but yours are quite involved, (laughs) you know, and they have like many layers and usually animation and archival. And it's not like you just went out one afternoon and shot something, which is also very valid, but a different thing. Yeah. (laughs) I I would like to do that one day to something that's quicker. Yes. I feel you. (laughs) I Um, mean, but I like, I mean, I like, I also enjoy the layers and you know, I, as I said, I don't do this by myself. I usually co-write most of my scripts with Sawyer Steele, who's co-producer, co-editor, co-writer, and a lot of times with my husband Ken Goldberg. And I love the, I do love the collaborative process. And I have great animators I've worked with. So to me, it's just that continuing to fine tune and direct some vision of an idea, articulating very complex ideas in really accessible and provocative ways. Yeah. And with humor. That's important. Always important to make people laugh. The Jewish way. Yes. Um, so uh, so in terms of specifically of the cloud filmmaking, yeah. not the cloud film viewing, yeah. it, it sounds like you learned, you know, the tighter the question, the better. Is there yeah. anything else you would advise to, to filmmakers who are listening to this and might say, oh, I'd like to maybe get some like submissions yeah. for my next film? Well, I think I'll, I always kind of go back to your community. Like I said, you know, I think an email list is gold, especially every time Facebook changes the algorithm. Or, I think it all comes down to your email list of your community of people that care about your work, care about you, and always grows from there. So a lot of times, some of the first entries I usually always get are people close to me, and then it goes further out in the world. But I think advice would be to really nurture your email list more than any of those other social media. That's your excuse me, keep people posted on what you're working on. But I'm also a big believer in, you know, I don't like it when I just get emails about their work. I want to hear about work that they find exciting Mm. to you to be generous in the way. And, I, you know, I've done that with my quarterly newsletter where I'm trying to shine a light, and even with the Webbies on a lot of other people's work too. So just build a, you know, community around your work that would take the effort to submit, you know, because these people, they trust me. They've seen what I will make with it. and um, But cloud filmmaking, I mean, it's so exciting. Everyone's got an iPhone. I mean, right. everyone can send you a video. It used to be like even four years ago, this is how you press record and then you send it and use Dropbox. It's so much easier now. People can usually just send it over email. Right. So the tools just get easier and easier to have people make a movie with you. I mean, you're still directing and editing, and but people can send you videos for your movie well so then you know we can get more into you know your days again and your sort of bigger movements um but on the way there it seems like you know you're also using obviously your mailing list for that distribution part for for talking about it but another thing i know that you've done and i'd love to hear about is um these like films where you allowed nonprofits to use their branding on your film and why did you do that and how did that work well, the one film I didn't mention that I should have if I told you, like, the journey was that when I was running the Webby Awards, and, I, and I'd make a, I would make a film at the beginning of every Webby's that usually, a short film that would try to encapsulate how technology was changing the way our lives and our influence. So I was making a lot of films during the Webby's. So I was making these films, running the Webby's. It was a very exciting time with the internet. That was the first wave of the web. And George Bush got into office, and the first thing he did was take away funding for international family planning, which was kind of my first big activist moment because I I was so angry at that. 
and my father had been a doctor, and he used to tell me about all these women who had had unsafe abortions and him trying to rescue them, and some he did and some he wasn't able to. So that was like the first moment that I thought, how dare George W. Bush do this, and I am going to make a film, a short film, that's going to speak to my generation. Mm. So I approached Planned Parenthood, and I said... Um, I want to make a short film that's going to reach my generation about reproductive choice. And they're like, great. And I, so I was going to make it funny. And they were like, great, go try to do that. You know? <laughs> Anyways, I made this film called Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Happiness while I was running the Webbies. And then it got into Sunday. Oh, it premiered at all the Planned Parenthoods for their 30-year anniversary of Roe v. Wade and at their galas, their fundraising events. And it also got into Sundance. And that was actually a light bulb moment for me of like, Film. That's when YouTube was able to start showing film on the web if I could combine my love of film and the web to make social change. But the reason I bring that up is after I made that film for a nonprofit, Planned Parenthood, a lot of nonprofits approached me to make films mm. for them. And I didn't have the time. I wanted to have a child. I was running the webbies. I was, you know, doing what everyone's doing, which is never feels like they have enough time. And so I think making these cloud films... I thought if I could make almost like a white label movie that everyone could agree on, because you know so many nonprofits are doing the important work of the world, but they're not filmmakers. And how many dinners have you gone to where you go to this great nonprofit's work and they show this film that doesn't match the caliber of their work? Or on the flip side, you know, as a doc person myself, how many nonprofits have I been approached by who just no don't money. have the budget? They don't have to the hire. money, right? Yeah. So a funder had a, said to me like, "What's your next big idea?" This was after Connected when I was giving a talk on it. And I said, I want to try to make a movie that tons of nonprofits could use. So at the end of the movie, I would put their call to action and their logo and their URL. So instead of funding one movie for one nonprofit, I would make one movie for 100 nonprofits. So that was a declaration of interdependence. So actually, we made a 1,000 versions of that. It was translated into 69 languages. And it was used by all these nonprofits because everyone could agree a declaration of independence, environmental groups, reproductive rights groups, uh, food group. You know, it was it was the message was so universal. So it didn't have to address the their particular it issue. It had to address, higher, hey, higher let's work together on a thing on how we're connected. Mm. And so that became when I started the nonprofit, I was like, I want to try to do this. So we the other one we made was brain power and. Then another one we made was called Engage. That was just two minutes, but tons of nonprofits use that to fundraise because it's very inspiring about making a difference and then just slap their call to action on it, their logo. And we had this really simple process of send us your, you have eight words to say your call to action and send us your logo and URL and then we'll give you a free movie. So, I mean, we've done a lot. And actually this new movie we just made for 5050 called why I pledge 5050. We're going to be doing cloud versions of that. Um, but it just always depends on if I have the funding to like do that as we all know as filmmakers, but it, it's an exciting model because it kind of flips it on its head and it allows us to scale and help so many nonprofits. And in a lot of ways, the global days, instead of doing one film premiere, you know, I mean, just traveling, as you know, the festival, it's exciting, but it's exhausting. And who's got the time? So it's like, instead of going to all these places, what if I give you the film? You have your own event and your premiere. You invest the money and resources into your event. You premiere my film. And I'll get you all these great resources. And I'll use my energy in a different way. Yeah. So that's, it was, and also, instead of me just doing the Q&A, let me get the best minds on the subject. 
and do like a 10 hour Q&A. So whatever time zone you're in, you're going to get an amazing speaker. And you don't have to fly them anywhere. No, they don't have to fly anywhere because they're doing, well, it was Google Hangout. Then we did Skype. We're always trying to use what works best. But this year, the production value, we're really excited about it because we did some new experimentation. We brought on a new team because that's always what we're trying to, you know, up is, you know, it's an, it's always an experiment, which is exciting to me. Because no one else is really doing this, too. So it's like we right. don't have any models to look at and say, well, how are they doing that? Usually people are like, how are you doing that? We're like, every year we try to push it further. Um, yeah, I mean, I hope that people listening, this is why I wanted to talk to you, that, yeah. that filmmakers listening are going to say, oh, my God, you know what, I want to do that. Yeah. But then it's also, it's daunting. And I, I think some reaction might be, why do that? You know, and, and I even get that. Yeah. I should say I get that from filmmakers the most basic outreach. Like if I say, oh, you know, well, now the film's done. You you, you want to yeah. get it out there. You want to maybe do a campaign. And they're like, I just want to make the movie. I don't want to do that. Yeah, they're exhausted. I so guess, what's yeah. the benefit for the I filmmaker? I think I would say that no one cares about your movie as much as you do. And I would also say that, you know, you know what Hollywood does? They spend 50% on production and 50% on marketing. And I think that people need to understand that especially if you're an independent filmmaker you need to put just as much creativity and energy towards the outreach as the making so you need to and as I've gotten older I really try to bracket both budget and energy because making the film is like half of it Mm. because if no one sees it well what'd you do that for but if you can get it out in all these new creative ways and for me making a film is trying to replicate that experience I had growing up that it really kind of moved me into a new way of thinking so I want to provide as many materials for you to ha- have a, you know, a deep experience that's going to change you or evolve you. So for me, it's it's half of it. I mean, there are times where I'm like, can't I? Couldn't you just make a movie, Tiffany? Like, I, I mean, you know, I'm just coming off a fifty fifty day, so it was like I'm tired because they take a they do take a lot, but there the impact is so. I mean. 50-50 day, there was 36,000 events in 62 countries. I mean, it was so exciting to see every, the creativity people poured in. And, you know, it was about gender equality, but we really wanted it to be very inclusive to men. So a lot of events had 50% men or however people identified. It was very diverse. And because we were really trying to create a space for a conversation about what is it really going to take to get to 50-50. And this is a, such a needed topic right now. So to create that kind of space and have people in their own community create an event that makes sense for their corporation or company or school, because a lot of public schools had events. And mm. and that so, even that term might mean something kind of different to different populations. Exactly. In different countries. Yeah. I mean, yes, in different countries, they had very different versions of the event than that were in the United States. But that's exciting. Like, Kate make it specific to your, bring the change to where it needs to happen. So instead of, I mean, I love the nothing replaces going to a movie theater. I go to the movies every Saturday night with my husband. So we are very, I'm a big movie theater. I love that experience. And I love the excitement of a festival and that energy, but it's also very exciting to have a moving experience with people you work with or at your school or at your, you know, at your home where you really want to have a deeper conversation about the issue. So, Wow. I, I want to get into the brass tacks, but just hearing about it is so kind of exciting. Hearing about the 50-50 day and the character day, I'm just wondering how it feels. Like, could you ever have imagined on the first character day how much things would evolve and how many people would get involved? No. I mean, I think, 
again, it's almost like back to the early days of the Webby Awards. I think what's exciting to me is the scale. The more people that kind of get what we're doing, the more people do it. Like when I was starting the Webbies, no one knew what the Web was. They're like, the what? I'm like, this thing's going to change everything. And, you know, and then, you know, obviously now the Web is very pervasive. But I think with each of these global days, more people kind of get how to do it. And um, it's really exciting. I mean, but I... I'm also working um, in this new, it's not the only way I'm interested in making a film. I'm working on a new film where I live narrate on stage because I do a lot of speaking mm. and I show a lot of films when I'm speaking. So I'm merging that medium. That's very exciting to me too. And that's very different than the Global Days because that's a theater experience. Only people in that theater are going to exper experience it. And I've done six of them now. And oh, cool. So it's kind of like a one-woman show? Yes, but with film. Because I already narrate my film, so I'm mm, just doing right. it live. And then I do a lot of audience participation because that's always interesting to me. So that's a, I think I guess I think of film as very malleable. Like, I don't think of it as just a theater experience, although I love that. And I think it's very valuable people that make films that just they want them to be in movie theaters. But I see it as such a way of movement and action. And then when I've been doing these live narrated experiences in theaters or at conferences, that's also very exciting to me, too. It's, it's like a palette, you know, to play with. It's so cool. And I really I admire your your take on it. You know, we talk about this on the podcast a lot, the digital versus uh, film and, you know, what kind of streaming versus theatrical. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it always has to be posed as a versus. Yeah, it's, they're very different. I mean, there are a lot of things I enjoy watching in bed on a streaming. But I have to say my focus is just not the same at home. Yeah. And I and as a filmmaker, I, I shudder at <laughs> the thought of, like, there's one show I literally stopped and started five times because I was, you know, Whatever life and my kids, whatever got me in. And as a filmmaker, of course, you know, when you're crafting the whole experience, you're like, like oh, no. right. But I love how much funding and how many options filmmakers have for these streaming shows. It's like renaissance. That's fantastic. Amazing. Yeah. So it's, um, you know, when I did one ori original show, I had so much fun making it because we did two seasons, eight episodes each. I had a blast. And just thinking of making eight short films in a row and the narrative arc. And I had so much fun. That was almost one of the most fun creatively. I, I called it, our team, we called it Lucy Goosey because it was just it was so many, you got to play. Mm. And the creative um, trust that the fund, you know, the network had for me to do it was very exciting. Having them funding up front. <laughs> oh, mean, imagine that. Imagine that is the only time that's ever happened. Um, well, so, so to loop back to the, the character day and the 50-50 day yeah. and this sort of like movement building, and we can, yeah. t we can, get, we can talk right into, into funding, so that's a great segue. Yeah. You mentioned earlier that these are foundation-funded. I imagine it's a pretty big expense to like, like there's a lot of moving parts and you're doing yeah. these printed materials, so what kind of... Yeah, I mean, we, you know, I have a small team. You know, after running the Web Yours, I had a big team. I know that that's not, I don't ever want to have a big team. I like having a small core team and then I work with a lot of companies that come on at different partners that come on different times in the year that I love like you know the tech company or the PR or whoever social media that so but my core team is just like four or five people hmm. which I really like and what are their like primary roles um we have a director of strategic partners so that's somebody that's bringing on different 
companies or school districts or whatever, um, and she's great, Mackenzie Darling. And then Sawyer Steele, I mentioned my producer and co-producer. His official title is head of production um, and co-writer, co-editor. Um, we have somebody that works on grants with us and research reports and research for scripts. And then we have just like an overall coordinator that's supporting all of these things. And it depends, you know, what time of year it is if we have more support than that as the core team. But we have applied, the first time we did Character Day, we had an anonymous funder. Wow. That person who said, what's your next big idea? Right. Which was great. I think that really allowed us to experiment with the whole concept in a way we couldn't have if we were fundraising. Then we did get a very big grant to continue Character Day. Um, but then 50-50 Day was a lot of individual funders and corporations. Mm. So, um, But, you know, like I said, I have received funding in many different ways, and they all have their benefits and challenges. As you know, I mean, I once heard that Hitchcock said he spent 90% of his time fundraising. I'm like, really? Even Hitchcock? Hitchcock. Oh, boy. But it's just, it's so much time. But then whenever I start, I'm in, a, I'm in the film Fatales group in the Bay Area, which is great. And after I had a particularly exhausting period of fundraising, I was in the group. And, I was like, and everyone was in their own way saying the same sentence of how much time it takes. And I was like, okay, just some perspective. Everyone's going through this in different ways. And even my friends that are in Hollywood and they're dealing with the exhaustion of the development, you know, it's just they all have their different... You know, it's all relative. Mm -hmm. But it all is just everyone has to do it. And there's just... It's not ever easy. And um, I've only had a couple... I have had a couple situations in my career that were easy. And wow, just to have budget to just create was amazing. Well, it sounds like the good news for people listening is that there is funding, whether it's coming from corporate or yeah. nonprofit or individuals. There's funding for this kind of movement building around a film. Oh, I think people are really interested in funding movement builders right now because I think people are worried about what's happening in our country and they're I think scale is important to people I mean I'm always thinking in terms of scale and I think that that's interesting to people because it helps make their investment go further so if someone were starting to maybe scale up or is listening to this and thinking mm -hmm. okay okay I've got a short it's about some social issue or or it deals around some social issue yeah. And this is something I could tap into. Like how do they Where get do they even start? Yeah. Well, I definitely think it would be more in doc than narrative. So that's, I'm glad you said social issue. So any social issue, I mean, if you think about what people normally do is they have, like for Connected, we had a lot of outreach for, they would have buzz screenings, right, before it came out in theaters. But this is saying, let's all do something on the same day. Like everyone knows the excitement I mean, whether it was the Women's March or it is exciting to do something when everyone else is doing something, right? So if you made a social issue film and you reached out to a whole bunch of organizations that care about that issue and said, on this date, we are all going to screen this film and we're, this is the hashtag we're going to use and everyone's going to be part of something bigger than just their company or their screening. Mm. That's exciting. That's a simple way to do it. I mean, I did get fun a big part of the funding is the discussion kits and Posters, because to me, I like that tangibility just back from the tribe. And even Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Happiness, we made, a f it was a folder that had like a poster and talking points, but it's evolved. Now we have these, uh, we love making the discussion kits, and um, that's a great creative challenge. You think, how do I take the issues of this film 
and break it down into a discussion kit that could be used in any age group and any environment. So we have like from talk about this issue from three to nine, from nine to 12 mm. for high school and from 18 to 99. Like that's very fun because it helps you think about what's a simple way to talk about this idea. What's a more complicated way to talk about this idea. And those for you are physical kits still they or are they downloadable things? They're also downloadable, but we all, I mean, I still love making tangible things. I'm a big book buyer. Like as much as we become a digital society, I love the tangibility of the discussion kits and people keep them and they use them and, um, I think there was there was one film we didn't do a kit for, but I like. I think also people enjoy receiving it. Just like grounds yeah. it in the. I love making the we we yeah. And who doesn't like getting stuff in the exactly. mail? It's stuff. It's like, it makes it more real and it makes it lasting. So once the event happens, you still have that kit on yeah. your dining room table or in your office that people pick up and you talk about and. Although I bring it up to say that if, you know, again, folks are listening and they're, this feels daunting, you know, it's also, you There's can downloadable. make a downloadable oh, thing. Oh, um, lots of people. So we provide it for free, but we have people pay for shipping and handling. Ah, okay. And um, that's the way we're, because the, the events happen all over the world. We just couldn't take that variability of cost. And a lot of people miss the deadline, so they use the downloadable kit. And you could make a poster that people could download. Because I love hearing a lot of companies will keep our posters up in their lunchroom all year round. Or teachers will keep the science of the... We have this periodic table of character strength. They keep it in their classroom all year. I love that. You're kind of visually thinking about it all year. Or, But yes, you can do downloadable. Everything, there's always a scale. I mean, as we all know as filmmakers, I mean, how many budgets do you create? We're like, this is the dream budget. Right. And then this is if we only raise 20% of the budget. And, you know, that's what you have to be is really flexible with if yeah. you meet your goal, if you don't meet your goal. Yeah. And what about sort of these inspiring tales? Like if, if someone's feeling a little on the fence, like you mentioned even something as kind of minor as as a poster staying up throughout the year like you've made an impact that then stays at that school or that place are yeah. there other you know stories that I know I'm putting you on the spot but stories that come right to mind of like tales of, of folks who've done the character oh, day or things yes. that just got we you went so excited and visited this school that so the character strengths that I'm talking about are based on all this research on what are universal things that people value and and then we tell people tools on how to like increase your sense of empathy or courage or um, social intelligence. There's like there's all these studies on how you can kind of cultivate that in yourself. So I visited this one school that they put the strengths on each step to walk into their classroom, and and we actually did get a grant to do a, a research report that surveyed all of these places that had done character day, and they 90% felt like they felt changed by knowing this this research on how to develop who you are. And, you know, it's very tangible in kind of neuroscience and social science. Like, these are practices you can do about gratitude. And we always try to take, like, the woo-woo out of them. <laughs> There's very, I mean, very tangible research where if you are stressing out, if you write down what you're grateful for, just focus on gratitude, it'll make you feel better or make you sleep more. And I'm just using that as an example. But we have examples of how to increase your sense of X for all of these 24 character strengths. So this two-year research report by UPenn about Character Day, it was 90% felt like they had evolved, and it's like 99% wanted to do it again. And That's they had the materials up. Unbelievable. crazy. I maybe ninety. I think it was maybe 95, I'm feeling. I just Oh, just 95? Mm. It was over 90, <laughs> and we... Um, 
they surveyed all of these people. And then, but some people we also learned, and just in total honesty, that some people didn't realize all the resources that were available to them. Like, they just watched the film. They didn't know, you know, so that was something that we learned. Like, we needed to better, or they didn't know about the speakers. Like, we didn't kind of get to everyone. So, you know, there was great data from that research report, but there were other things that we were like, ah, we didn't do that well enough. And that really teached us to, or, or I know one thing, we used to really focus a lot on ask the speakers questions while they're on, do it through social media. We spent so much energy. Hardly anyone asked questions. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so, well, first of all, at their events, a lot of them are focused on their own events. So a lot of people will watch the speakers afterwards. A lot of the people that are watching the speakers are, so there are lots of events happening, and then there's just individuals online being part of it, and a lot of the viewers watch it that way. Another thing we learned was that a lot of people will share the Facebook Live to their Facebook feed. So we're getting these huge accumulative numbers. But if you're watching it right there, it doesn't look as high right when you're watching it on how many people it's going out to. Mm. So some of it is even perception, right? So how do you... So everything is data. Everything's like, oh, that worked. That didn't work. So I told you something that was really worked that people felt really moved and changed by learning the research about character development. So for us, it's... Um, it's all interesting and exciting to kind of keep learning from. So the tagline for character days were all works in progress. And I would say these global days are works in progress. And I'm very upfront with that. Usually I'm hosting and I'm like, welcome to on 5050 day. Welcome to 5050. Day. This is an absolute experiment. We're glad you're part of it. You're there's over, you know, 36,000 events happening all over the world. They're tuning in. Sometimes the technology works. Sometimes it doesn't. And actually this year it mostly worked one year. We had drop off, we had whatever, but you know, that's part of the interesting part about it, too. Maybe not everyone is so brave. That's the thing. You've got to be a little brave to sort of, like, put it all out there in this way. Well, you know the impact is so great. People love having the events, and they, they're so passionate about whether it's 50-50 day or um, character day. You know, I think everyone wants to be part of something bigger than themselves, and I think we're so busy. One of the other concepts is that we're all just so reactionary and busy that these are these days for one day we're going to say we're going to all focus on this topic like who you are who you want to be what gives you meaning and purpose those are big questions and if you're not a religious person which I'm not I want to make space for thinking about those questions and so we're going to make the space and call it character day I have to say, I feel particularly uh, excited and a tiny slice of pride that, that the character film in particular has made such an impact since for our listeners. I have a tiny, I'm one of the people that submitted a video through the cloud. Which I always see and, that your close I'm, friends will submit, right? You said, <laughs> no, that's true. That's why that email is you yeah. did about creativity and you, yes. Yeah, I, so I have a little tiny, <laughs> tiny soundbite in this wonderful So you got to watch the science of character. It's eight minutes and Liz Nord is in there that's that's its crowning achievement but no but that's a great example when you said how could you get started making a cloud film like we've been friends for a long time and when I sent out that call for entries you were one of the first people that responded so excuse me there's of course so many people that send me that I've never met and I don't know but your your core people are going to be being part of the experiment with you so I think that's how you start yeah and that's true of making any film anything so this you know, that's a great point that people can, you know, the same way you'd go about making a film and sort of collecting a crew and getting a team together is the same way you would develop a team to make this sort of larger yeah. movement. Yeah. So that's, that's really exciting. Yeah. Um, 
So I think people are going to be very, very inspired. Well, and they it, should check out. I mean, like as I mean, I go to, if you go to characterday.org or 50-50day.org, you'll you'll see in a visual way what I'm talking about because there's like one minute trailers on each of those that really I think says better than it's a hard thing to explain. I think that was the that has been the challenge. But like I said, every year people more and more know what we're doing and that we we have a trailer that more visualizes what we're doing, but the first couple of years is like, I know this is hard to understand. You're going to premiere our film. We're going to link it together. But each year, more people get it, and they're on the train. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. It really makes sense. Um, so I'd love to to end on the note, because you're ta- always talking about pushing the envelope and what's next. And you're, I mean, it's so exciting. I didn't even know you were doing this uh, live narration stuff. But mm. um, because, as I said, we're always talking about kind of where the industry is going, where do you see it? going next when we're talking specifically about filmmaking Hmm. that's a great question um well i do think that the whole movement of women the highlighting the lack of women directors and you know i think we're going to see some shift because i think the voice is loud enough now and the the stats and all of that. So I do feel very hopeful about that or just, you know, women run companies that are going to make that happen. Um, so that's a big, beautiful shift. Um, and then the technology as it continues to just get more and more seamless. Like I, even as I was saying, people sending videos to me, just how much easier that is. It used to be like, I'd tell them seven steps and most of them would drop off after step three that the more that there's going to be a simplicity in the way that we take videos and send them and collaboratively edit, like I really look forward to kind of cloud editing with my animator Mm. more and so it's not so expensive and more people can do it. Um, And then when I look at, you know, my children, they make a film so easily on the iPad. I'm just like, you know, if you think about how complicated or, you know, Avid or now it's just like two taps with your finger and you've done a cross dissolve and edited and sped it up. And I mean, it's amazing to think when the tools become so simple. I think about that with coding too, is that I think more and more it's going to be visual coding. And so you don't even need to know code, you know what you want to create and you're going to be able to do it quicker. So that's very exciting. Um, So I think there's just going to be more creative tools and options for people to really create in new ways that we can't even imagine. Exciting note to end on. And Tiffany, (laughs) it's been such a pleasure to have you. Oh, so great to talk to you, Liz. (laughs) Thanks for listening. To follow Tiffany's projects and learn more about Character Day and 5050 Day, check out letitripple.org. If you liked this conversation, check out our other shows. On Wednesdays, our mini-series called The First Feature, a step-by-step primer on making your first film based on the making of Ryan Koo's Amateur. And on Thursdays, our Indie Film Weekly News Show that fills you in on everything you might have missed when you were busy making films. You can get any of these by searching for the No Film School podcast in iTunes or your favorite app. Also, be sure to visit nofilmschool.com for useful new filmmaking articles every single day. Meanwhile, stay in touch. You can reach me on Twitter at LizFilm, and we are on Twitter at NoFilmSchool. See you on Thursday.